The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and of course past performance does not guarantee future returns. At Zed, we're all about moving with the times. And now it's time to be part of the climate change solution and move on from fossil fuels. As a company providing fuel to people all over the country, we also know we have a real opportunity to lead that change. We're committed to keeping Aotearoa moving by providing the right energy for everyone. We believe that innovation in fuel and how it's used can make a huge difference to our planet. Find out more at zed.co.nz. everyone welcome back to the march initiative on the rag Woohoo! Yeah. we always get very excited about this it's very exciting this month because we officially have our good friends at the women's bookshop on board as a sponsor a supporter a life coach everything carol i love her <laughs> I would, everything carol I would, I would like a little icon of carol to sit on my dashboard in my car just nodding comfortingly <laughs> and affirmingly we do want merch. I think that's probably the next step is yes. a small carol. Yes. Um, yes, so I am Alex Casey. I'm joined as always by Leonie Hayden. Kia ora. And Michelle Court. Hello. It's a very exciting time. Michelle, you have um, published <gasps> a second book. How'd you do that? Oh, it was easy. It took no <laughs> effort whatsoever. It wrote itself. It's great. <laughs> Over the course of a few days. Yeah, it was so relaxing. I went for a walk, had a cup of green tea, and oh, look, there's a book. It just fell out. It just fell out of my, fell out of my righty vagina. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So That's we went to your book launch last night. Yeah, it was fun. It was a nice time. It was a really lovely mood. It was a lovely mood. You have nice friends and supporters. Yeah, I do, don't I? Yeah. It felt like that. I, I, there was a moment where I thought, this is like a wedding, but without any of the... Bullshit. <laughs> no, it's like a couple says of speeches. Says the woman who just wrote a book about love. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're right. Yeah, that's right. But says the woman who ran away to Las Vegas and got married without mm. telling anybody. So, ah. But, yeah, no, lovely people, a nice feeling in the room. And, and uh, yeah, I got to meet some of the people that I had talked to via email rather than in the flesh. Uh, so, and that was really cool. My heart was swelling. It was. It was. Um, so we're going to give away a copy of... Um, Oh my god, I forgot what it's called. How we met. How we met. Yep. It's how we met. Yeah, how we met. By Michelle Court on our Facebook page. We also invite you to get in touch with us. Have a chat on uh, hashtag OTRPod if you're on Twitter or on Facebook. You can find us at On the Rag Pod there. We actually have an On the Rag Twitter account now, which oh my seems god, ridiculous right? considering how much we talk about Twitter. But we only <laughs> just organised our own Twitter account. So that's uh, On the Rag Pod, at On the Rag Pod. That's and great. hashtag OTR pod. We're going to make a concerted effort to use that, that yeah. Twitter account this month. It's, it's all going off. And also the Women's Bookshop. If you're not in Auckland, where you can find them at 105 Ponsonby Road, you can find them online at www.womensbookshop.co.nz. 
you can buy How We Met. But first, try and win it on our Facebook page, yeah, good I idea. would suggest. This episode on On The Rag. You guys impressed? I've written a teaser. Ooh. We'll be stirring the cauldron and murmuring about witch hunts, lighting a candle for the plight of the old white man, <laughs> and falling in love with New Zealand's finest love stories. Oh, yeah. You can stop listening now. It's, it's all downhill yeah. from here. So I suppose the big thing that happened this month is the official uh, hashtag arrival of hashtag MeTooNZ, mm. as well as announced by staff who have launched a nationwide investigation yes. into... Because no one was doing anything no about it. No one was it. doing anything, and it didn't exist before that. That's right. <laughs> and no one had reported any stories, and no New Zealand women had, had hashtag MeToo. No. No. Yeah. But... It's fine now. It's a stake in the ground, you know. It's a start. It's a stake. Oh, now we go on vampirical. <laughs> Here we go. This is good. Here come the supernatural witches. Yeah. <laughs> so they've sort of, I mean, when was it? The very start of March, um, Ali Moore put out a announcement across all channels that she's kind of spearheading this investigation. You can get in touch on any which way, and they have all these support services in place, and they're going to start sort of looking into these stories with some of New Zealand's best investigative journalists, yeah. a huge team behind them at staff. Uh, and they were inundated with, I think, about 200 mm. uh, tips in their first 24 hours yeah. or something yeah. incredible like that. Um, but it wasn't to last. The joy, the excitement was not to last very long. Mm. Oh, you're not allowed to uh, celebrate anything or be excited about anything for very long. If you're a lady... You've got to, it's, you can only have a minute. You, can, mm. you don't. Someone will bring you back down to earth about everything you've done wrong. Do not get a fucking parade, ladies. <laughs> you don't get one of those. Oh, I want a parade. All we want is a parade. Yeah. Man. I want some floats. <laughs> and it just got me, so there was, I mean, we can get more into the, the specifics of the backlash to this later, but I just couldn't stop thinking. If a news outlet had said, We've got our best investigative journalist on this job. We're going to launch an investigation into... Leaky homes. Leaky homes. Hospital waiting lists. Bullying. Murders. (laughs) EQC claims. Any of those things. Yeah. Any immediate of those response things. would not be, you're not a registered psychotherapist. So it's not your <laughs> job to listen to people's stories about these things. And this isn't you're an not investigation. A this is a watch hunt or or else it's advocacy. It's political advocacy. If it's suddenly, if it's about women, mm. it's, it's not journalism. It's not an investigation. It's about uh, having a protest march and mm. it's... It's gossip, it's the whisper network. It's a rumour, innuendo, you're just trying to hurt people. Can I read a list of things? So um, amongst the the lash, what's it called? Backlash. Backlash. The lashback. Lash, lash. (laughs) Amongst the lashback, um, (laughs) one of the first and loudest, of course, was our uh, mate Mike Hosking. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just really enjoy the um, the list of things that he thinks me- the Me Too campaign is actually about. Okay. Hearsay, yeah. mm-hmm. rumour, innuendo, sleaze and gossip, and scuttlebutt. <laughs> Fuck, scuttlebutt. Now, could I love you guys are smart. Can someone please tell me what the whole fuck scuttlebutt means? Scuttlebutt. It's just, it's chatter that has no foundation, no basis in truth. Right. And is this like a 1930s yeah. depression It's like an term? Edwardian beetle it's, who runs around. It's a, it's oh, a, it's, none of your scuttlebutt, sir. A term used Monocle. by scallywags and 
Uh, ragamuffins, I think. I mean, it's a cute oh. word. Don't get me wrong. They should, it should be back. We must use it more often, scuttlebutt. Deriving from the nautical in. term for ah. the cask ah. used ah. to serve water. <laughs> scuttlebutt. Okay. I mean, that, you've explained everything perfectly. Ah, and then, okay, no, the term it. corresponds to the colloquial concept of a water cooler. So this is like ye old ah. sailors gossiping around their little oh, <laughs> water bottle. <laughs> So basically he made a list of synonyms for gossip. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, it is also about alleged pinched bums, wolf whistles and tacky one-liners because that okay. is, that's it. That's all it's about. Right. It's not about, you know, that time a person in power abused their power in order to sexually exploit you. That's not what this no. is about. No, this no. is about being about wolf bum whistled. P- pinches. Which and is actually assault, to be I honest. Mean, exactly. It's true. But, you know. Um, wolf whistles. Yeah. Well, that's everyone in jail then. That's, yeah, you're all, <laughs> no, including me. I'm not going to lie. The courts are clogged with people who've been arrested for wolf whistling. And but just out of curiosity, on the cover of the newspapers, how many bum pinches have been reported? Exactly. So far? not so many. Yeah. Yeah. But these facts are not relevant to his argument, Alex Casey. Interesting. Stop trying to use facts to derail Mike Hoskins' excellent and unimpeachable you, argument. You ladies getting your hands on facts, that's how shit turns real bad quite fast. There were so many dudes weighing in. Yeah. With the loudest of voices. Isn't it amazing the lack of self-awareness that if you're a middle-aged white dude in a position of power, you probably should shut the fuck up for a minute. Ooh, ooh, that's racist. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to the Human Rights Commission, Michelle. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I can't remember who tweeted this, but someone just said, imagine if this had been an investigative team of male journalists. Mm. Yeah. Like, they would have been like, oh, so brave. Yeah. You know, oh, finally. Courageous. Yeah. Finally someone's doing something. Groundbreaking. Yeah, the fourth They're estate keep, doing what the fourth estate does. They're going to straight about it. They're not going to get all emotional about it. They don't have an agenda. Historical. They just want to <laughs> measure things so they can manage them. Mm. They need data. Mm. None mm. of your emotional bullshit anecdotal hoo-ha they need data and the other thing as well is that men have come forward yeah this movement isn't you know although it has been gendered in a certain way based on the stories you know the most prominent stories so far plenty of men have gotten in touch yeah, with that's right. their own completely you know unspoken yeah. things um that affect them and affect their yeah as well. that's really important abuse like, is abuse and so they should yep exactly but before we move on to more of the lashback, backlash, um, <laughs> eyelash, cool tips. Ah, what have we got? I've got. I, this is one of the things that has changed my life. I'm going to feel so much happier about staying in hotels. I tweeted this, Ooh. so you you might know about this. But uh, when you stay in a hotel, there's always an alarm clock on the bedside table, which I never use because I use my phone, <laughs> and I never look at the. I don't know if it's on. And, and what happens, there's a rule that if you have an opportunity after a gig the night before to sleep in in a hotel because you're not checking out that day, so you, mm. you've got an opportunity for a good long sleep, the person who had your room before you will have set their alarm clock for 6am. And yes. and so the alarm went off at 6am the morning oh, after babe. the opening of the Writers and Readers Festival in, in Wellington, and I, I didn't even know there was an alarm clock, and I hit some <laughs> buttons, and it stopped, and then 10 minutes later it went again, so yeah. I hit some more buttons, and I couldn't find the light switch, it was all in the dark, just smashing at it, and it stopped, 10 minutes later it went again, so I unplugged it, and 10 minutes later it went again, because it's got some kind of magic witchcraft battery lash backing fucking thing going on with it so i grabbed it and i stuck it in the fridge 
and I couldn't oh hear it. God. I couldn't hear it. That's great. I went back to sleep. That's amazing. Well, I went back to sleep sort of smugly. I had a smug sleep till about 10. It was great. And, and you opened the fridge opened to the fridge. coffee. There was, a, there was a little chilled time piece in my fridge <laughs> and I plugged it back in. For so the next person to deal with. Good luck. A chilled time piece. A chilled time. Beautiful yeah. turn of phrase. So, yeah, um, I didn't know fridges are, I must have known instinctively, fridges are quite soundproof. Also good, apparently, according to a film that I've forgotten, good in a nuclear attack. To climb into one? This was a mini, oh, yeah. mini fridge. I remember uh, that. Oh. It's in something else. Yeah. Yeah. So don't encourage people to get inside fridges. But yeah, that was one of those sort of PSAs that circulated quite a lot when I was a kid. All the, the children were dying. Climbing into a fridge. Yeah. Where would you just come across? In a oh, like dump. a dump. Yeah. Back when dumps were like a really fun place to hang out. They are a fun place to hang out. That's I used true. to love going to the dump with my dad. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, I don't quite understand how. Uh, they must have been the old fridges with catches on them rather than the, our ones now, which yeah. are just sealed. Anyhow, strictly for clocks only. <laughs> stick, I'm, from now on, every time I check into our hotel, I'm going to unplug the alarm clock and stick it in the fridge just <laughs> on the off chance. <laughs> It's a cool tip. What about you, Leone? Um, I hope I haven't shared this one before because it is one that crops up a lot for me. Mm-hmm. Um, itchy bites? Have I shared this one? You know, I don't recall. So I get bitten a lot and I've looked at a lot of theories over my life as to why I get utterly devoured in situations where other people don't. The, the most enduring theory has got to do with like core body temperature but our body temperatures are all the same anyway um and so the best way of treating that and the reason it's come up recently is because i find at the end of the summer the mosquitoes are like oh we're about to die and so they go even crazier so i have spent the last few weeks just covered head to toe in itchy bites um the thing to put on them immediately and it makes them stop itching straight away is toothpaste that's my cool tip and i feel bad i didn't share this at the beginning of the summer because i feel like it would have helped out a lot of people but I've been doing this for years now, mm-hmm. and it's the o- literally the only thing you can get, like, Soove and all other kinds of creams that, like, you're meant to use specifically for this. But the only thing that works instantly and forever is toothpaste That's, for me. I didn't know that. I use um, Savlon. Yeah, right. But I use Savlon for everything. Like, if somebody said you've yeah. got cancer, I'd go, oh, that's all right. I'll pop some Savlon <laughs> on it. on it. <laughs> but I'm going to try toothpaste. And dunk it in detail. Yeah. yeah. I wonder what it is. Because there'll be yeah. some eucalyptus-y menthol Soothingness, I guess so, yeah. but you must see something else. I always, I also use my like bougie red seal toothpaste, which I thought oh, hasn't got Ooh. all like the hardcore chemicals and it won't work, but it still works perfectly. Wow, it just doesn't right. look very nice. Oh, no. You got your legs out and your cute little short shorts in the summer, and mine are just slathered <laughs> in Colgate. <laughs> but it's better than itchy. That's good. My tip, and I don't know, forgive me if I've talked about this one as well. I've been using horse shampoo. <laughs> no, you have not mentioned that. <laughs> this is new. You've got a lovely mane. What a anything. fabulous um, mane. Actually given to me that by Nikki Greaves. Shout out to the Greaves. Um, it's called Mane and Tail. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> it is not. It is called Mane and Tail. Oh and God. it's cheap. And it's bloody amazing for, like, growth. You if you want to grow it, <laughs> where do you get it from? I don't know where you got it from. I've just looked up now. You can get it on iHerb for like eleven dollars New Zealand, and the bottles are massive because it's for a horse. It's for a horse. It's for a horse. They got a lot of hair. So like in our bathroom, there's just these two humongous industrial horse shampoo and conditioner. So like it's not it's no expense spared for the wow. for the equine. How many liters are we talking here? No, oh, nearly one. 
Okay. Whole litre, 946 For 11 dollars. Okay. Yeah. This is a deal. Yeah, yeah, it's especially, I mean, can I touch your hair? Can it feel? Can it feel? Very nice. I'd award you a blue ribbon for that. It's very thickening, which is not ideal for me, but I have noticed my hair is growing incredibly fast and it's wow. like strengthened a lot. When people ask you to count things, do you now stamp your foot? <laughs> is that a... Is that a thing? Almost certainly. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. So it makes it grow fast. Mm. I think so. Yeah. It's. I, I. don't know why. I mean, I don't know why a horse needs shampoo at all. They. I guess they show. Sh- shows. shows. Yeah. Because they run around outside a lot. Mm. Dad's mm. doing a brush. People judge them. Their mane. On their mane. And yeah, but yeah. isn't it just? It's just nature. Like you wouldn't shampoo a lion's mane. <laughs> you might. <laughs> Maybe well, if you're going to put it in a show. I, mean, I wouldn't. <laughs> what does it smell like? It smells kind of fine. It, it, it's not. It's not floral. Mm. I would say yeah, it's sort of an industrial grassy. smell. But if you put it in a little, you know, artisanal bottle, no one would ever know. Oh my god! This is so, so you could decant it idea. if you're embarrassed. But I quite like the huge comedy, very obviously horse shampoo. Has it got a picture of a horse on it? Yeah, there's two. It's got, oh, and the shampoo is mane and tail and body. Just, just in case. Body. Just in case. <laughs> but so if you like use it on your body, is like you're gonna get like really long pubes Who or knows? something if it's like so <laughs> strengthening and thickening. I will let you know. <laughs> Shaving her legs three times a day. <laughs> yes, that's my cool tip. If you're if you're into like freaky shampoos, yes, <laughs> that's good. That I love it. Like it. I'm gonna take your word for it though. <laughs> I can bring some in. I've got heaps. Uh, Al Nisbet. No. We're going, back, we're going back to the witch hunt. Yeah. I feel like this is sort of the big thing of, the, of this month. Which um, is which? Al Nisbet, who I had never heard of before. But oh, I know you're Leone, lucky. I know, Leone, you, uh, oh, you were made aware of his work. Unfortunately, I was already aware of the terribleness of Al Bisnet. Al Bisnet. Al Bisnet. <laughs> <laughs> and and his lashback. today. Uh, Al Bisnet um, came to prominence uh, actually not that long ago. Um, for a couple of cartoons that he did about proposed school lunches. Um, one cartoon implied that uh, fat Polynesian adults would dress up as children in order to go to schools and scab the free lunches. Um, mm. And then the other one implied that fat Polynesians were complaining about not having enough stuff and in the image they're like surrounded by like fancy um, appliances and TVs Flat screen and TVs da, da, da. and cigarettes I think um, And it was uh, There were complaints To the advertising No broadcasting standards authority Wait is that the newspaper one Yes BSA, BSA. Yeah. Yep. Uh, There were BSA complaints They were not upheld um, Because Al Nisbet's um, terribly racist views Are a form of expression That is protected under freedom of expression Um and also not deemed racist because he claimed that as a couple of the children had read here, it could not be proven that all of the characters were meant to be Polynesian, even though they're <sighs> clearly all brown. But the red hair, though, the red hair. Anyway, so that's why I knew all about him mm-hmm. um, and was, as a result, not a huge fan of Fairfaxes for both running the cartoons, defending the cartoons, and then literally clapping themselves at the uh, Canon Media Awards last year when someone um, on stage talked about how wonderful it was that they had defended those horribly offensive cartoons because um, freedom of speech is so excellent. And a, a table full of people from Fairfax applauded that and I threw up all over the table. Yeah, you did. I, I saw was it. very mad. <laughs> Fair enough. And so that didn't, none of that deterred him. 
Uh, none of that deterred them. No. If anything, I imagine it encouraged him. Exactly. And they were back uh, with the witch hunt, the sort of first first of many, I think, was the very next day was four witches in front of a moon, the leading witch saying, I'm, I'm assuming it's Ali, but I'm not sure, I'm going on a witch hunt after men. And the rest of the witches saying, me too, me too, me too. The witches with labels saying rumour, gossip, innuendo and hearsay. Which he, he spelt forgot, wrong. Which he spelt, yeah, wrong. he spelt wrong. Almost like he heresy. Also, I don't he know. forgot the scuttlebutt witch. Oh, she's slow. Oh, she's <laughs> she's slower. slower. She was she's got that big water cooler to carry. Yeah. She's just outside of the frame <laughs> of the cartoon. She'll catch up. It's just the, this fundamental thing of people just, what is a witch hunt now? People are confused. Mm. Is it mm. witches hunting or is it people hunting witches? Or a combination yeah. of... The two. In which case, it's witches hunting witches, growing the witch pack, which is cool. You apply it to anything that women do is the rule. It doesn't matter whether they're being hunted or doing the hunting. You just, if if women do stuff, Mm. like um, a top level investigation with some of the country's most acclaimed journalists, that's a witch hunt because there are ladies in it. Um, And also the implication, right, that you're searching for a thing that doesn't exist. Mm, Sure. Yeah. Um, so there's, there's so there's so much to unpack from that cartoon, but and essentially, what? who doesn't believe that sexual abuse and harassment mm. exists? And mm. if it did exist, it's not very important. Yes, that's the Mike Hosking line. Yeah, it's you having your bum pinched. And I hate that whole freedom of expression, freedom of speech thing when it gets applied to comedy, cartooning, any of those things. The whole point of of cartooning um, and, and comedy is speaking truth to power and punching up, not down. Yeah. And, it, it's, and freedom of speech is awesome, except when it affirms and incites hatred. Mm. And I think that's what exactly what Alan Nisbet was doing. Yep. And he didn't stop. No. He's he's written one for he's drawn one drawn one with his crayons for <laughs> Julianne Genta. Oh, I that, haven't seen that one. Yeah, yeah, I can show it to you right now. So Somebody fixed it on Twitter outside the delighted. outside the Minister for Women Julianne Genta's office. There's a speech bubble. I'm assuming her saying, "Recruitment, send me as many women as you can. No experience required." And outside, it's actually quite funny. Like not the way he intended it to, but the sheer panic and anxiety and stress in it really makes me laugh. Yeah. Because then outside the Minister for Women is a bin <laughs> and inside the bin is a huge um, a huge rubbish bag full of old white males over 60. Which is actually a delightful image. And somebody fixed it. Oh, okay. They changed the speech bubble to, we're going to need more bins. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I love it. Uh, yeah, okay. I mean, we can talk about that, that comment. I mean, I, there's not much to say, but what is this, just this groundswell of fear? Men are really frightened, aren't They're they? They're so scared. Yes, well, men of a certain age, I mean, I don't want to generalise, but if you look in the bin there in the cartoon, it's probably a good idea of the kinds of men that are having a little bit of a panicked, scary just, moment. It blows me away. There was a, a great piece that the spin-off printed from... Uh, was it originally on the wireless about and I, I wrote a column about it as well that yeah if we're concerned that we don't have enough diversity on our corporate or corporate boards mm. and, and there are too many men on it and not enough women some of the men are going to have to fuck off I mean mm. it's just physics right yeah. if you 
that's what you have to do. In America, there are more CEOs called John than there are CEOs who are women. And so if you want to do something about that, some people called John are going to have to yeah. make space. It's really, really simple. Men just don't seem to be very good at maths and physics. Well, <laughs> yeah, and the, the, the spin-off um, column, at least, um, written by Anna Connell. Yes. Now, um, she did a really great rundown of, of some of those sort of numbers, the hard facts, mm. rather than just, we just don't reckon there should be old men running the country. Like, There's actually quite a lot of research here and overseas that suggests that diversity of boards Mm. um, is very beneficial. And like New Zealand apparently stands to add like an extra billion dollars to the GDP to diversify in our boards. And and also we have only 18% of our senior management teams have women uh, are women, only 18% are women of senior management teams. I'll make a sentence. I'll just put a whole lot of words out there. You arrange them in your head in the order <laughs> that makes them make sense. And it's getting worse rather than better yeah. over the last decade. So that's Yeah, that's scary. Yeah, it mm. is, isn't it? So we really have to do something about it. And, um, I mean, you know, we can wait for the middle-aged white men to die, but it would be just great if they went, you know what, here's my succession plan. Mm. I'm going mm. to step down in 12 months and mm-hmm. I am going to look around my business and look at some up-and-coming people, who women, who would be great for this job. I get so f- frustrated when people go, it shouldn't be about tokenism, it should be about the best person about, for the job. Yeah, it's about merit. There's no such thing as a best person for a job. Anybody who's ever employed anybody or chosen anybody or looked at a bunch of applications for anything knows that there isn't a best person there are some great people there Mm. are some people who would be really good at it and you look at those great people the six people who could take that one job and you go who is going to make this room look more like the world who's going to where where are my brown faces and lady faces and my trans faces where are the people who make this more reflective of what the world is actually like i've finished ranting now good rant yeah nothing julianne gender said was offensive no it was mass what's the human rights commission going to do with that (laughs) with that complaint from that poor upset man in christchurch i've also been threatened with complaints to the human rights commission for identifying groups as being male in pakeha and in power and I just, I don't know how many times I can say that that's not the definition of sexism or racism. You guys are going to have to try harder. <laughs> mm. Like if, <laughs> if you want to have a cry to the Human Rights Commission, you're going to have to learn what these words mean. Yeah. <laughs> They're yeah. power relationships and the dominant, like gender, the patriarchy and the dominant, uh, like power about i.e. like colo- the co- white colonial Western civilization. Like you, I can't, I don't know how else to explain it to no. you. Like. The marginalised group can't be the ist. Yeah, mm. yeah. It can be discriminatory. Sure, but discriminating means um, being able to tell one thing from another, and I think that's perfectly acceptable. Yeah. Did I just say acceptable? Acceptable. Acceptable, doesn't it? <laughs> We're so good I'm at eating too many today. skittles. That's great. Can I just say as well, today's the first day Michelle yep. has eaten a skittle. Yep. It's quite wild. It was so amazing. If you've never had skittles, and I'm probably the only person in the world, but buy a bag of sours. <laughs> Tell yourself you're about to have some M&Ms. Put some Skittles in your gob. Party! <laughs> oh, I've never had so much Just fun. Just be aware, though, that once you sort of hit the 200th Skittle, oh. 
the sort of lining of mm. your mouth starts to melt oh, a little bit. Fantastic. But it's hard it's to stop. So go. I just want to give you that warning. I found out the hard way. I'm going to feel my gums <laughs> recede. Yeah, basically. <laughs> You're just going to leak off my teeth. But they're delicious. They are great. Okay. Confession corner. What have we got this month? What have we done or thought of that we're not proud of? <laughs> I have one, but it's not It's not a guilty feminist one. And I just have to say anyway because I find it so amusing. Okay. I mean, related. I love uh, manicures and pedicures. I always mm. have, like, excessively long nails. I just really like it. Um, but it has been a while since I had a pity. And my confession is this. I literally wore over-toed sandals today because my toenails are so long I couldn't fit any shoes. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm looking. I've got eyes on them. It's the big toes. Oh, they're lengthy. They're too long. They're lengthy. I, I was so uncomfortable with my shoes yesterday that, like, my big toes felt bruised. So I you, had can, to... you can cut your toenails without taking the nail polish off, though. No, I, I realise that I'm just lazy. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, that's all right. No, they look great. They're a great colour. I love them. Maybe they'll go long enough. They'll curve oh. under and then there'll be a yeah. shoe of their oh, own. That's, <laughs> that's the hope. I'm going for a record. Steel cap toes, but it's not, you know, you're not wearing boots. You've just got these nails that protect yeah. your feet from everything. Yeah. Here's what oh, they're for. Could be a weapon. I like it. Kicking people. Watch out. Yeah, that is my confession. It's got great nothing confession. to do with feminism. It's I just, great confession. It occurs to me Paris. quite often that I would give up pay equity, paid parental leave, representation in business and politics for the ability to pee standing up. <laughs> I just would love to be able to pee standing up. But what if you could have all of those things, Michelle? Can I? Like can half I? of the can population I? does. Can I? Oh, that's right. I do. do I really know, fancy peeing. A friend of mine, um, who I shall not name, uh, actually perfected the art of standing, uh, peeing standing up without the aid of a shiwi or anything yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. Wow. I tried. I tried Just to perfect a, it. A well placed finger, apparently, is all it takes. No, it's oh my God. And you can pee standing up with uh, with aim. I have done it. I haven't tried it. Drunkenly in a urinal, in. Dunedin, which I think is, of course, uh, uh, everybody knew I was going to say Dunedin. Um, <laughs> Ed Fest. Do that. Um, Ed yeah, Fest it, it just it takes a bit of. It's a lot hit and miss, mostly miss. Yeah, and I I kind of gave up in the end, but just that the simplicity of not being not having to undo your pants and un, and you know it's oh, the tucking God. back in and mm. it's hot and you're humid and you've got to tidy everything in away the lines. Well, the lines everyone's in there having to tuck in and fix yeah. everything and get organized yeah. again so it takes five times as long yep <laughs> um mine's like maybe a bad one now i never know <laughs> i mean michelle you set the bar quite high this corner was your idea alex you've it got was my idea now it out. i'm sort Chuck of backtracking okay like I try and be, I try and not worry about too much about body image and weight, right? And things like that. But I recently found out that I weigh more than my mum. Oh. And I just don't think that's okay. <laughs> no. No. I see how that might feel. I'm I do too. supposed to be the baby. Oh, yeah. And now it's gone wrong. Yeah. But they, oh, uh, yeah. My mum, she weighs heaps less than me. She's tiny. I always feel like a Lumpa Lumpa beside her. Our mums are from like a different time yeah. as well, though. When it's like, I mean, we are <laughs> woke but insecure, sure, but like our parents' generations were just sort of didn't even have like positive 
role models as far as sort of body acceptance. No. That's true. Like, and we may sort of have those sort of fighting what we know with what we feel or whatever, but they maybe didn't even have that. Remember my yeah. mother saying to me not that long ago that, you know, you should be able to control your weight no matter what your lifestyle is. Jackie Kennedy, you know, stayed slim and, and attractive throughout her very public life where she couldn't control you know she wasn't cooking her own meal she was going and i said yeah but she also smoked um three packets a day (laughs) and took speed yeah yeah she would have been on those crazy pills that everyone was on yeah mama's good old days and diet pills and they were she was on speed (laughs) mansplain moments what do we got? What do you got? I know, Michelle, you got some lovely ones at your book launch last night. Two men last night, two, two men, count them, one, two, told me at my book launch that I had written the wrong book. Oh. They said, both of them said, uh, you wrote a book about how couples meet. You should have written a book about how couples stay together. And... I said to the second one, because I was signing a book at the time, and so I had, to, I had plenty plenty of time to chat, and I said, that's no, that's actually what this book is about. <laughs> that's exactly the book I wrote, which is how having a great story might help couples stay together. And he went, yes, yes, but, you've, but it's about how they met, but you should really talk about how they managed to stay. I went, mm-hmm. yeah, that is... The book that I that I wrote. Well, that's you told. Oh, yeah. man. So I'm going to go Amazing. away and I'm going to go and write the book that he wanted me to write. Which fuck, look, there it is. There it is. <laughs> Slip another cover on it and send him a copy. Like, <laughs> thanks so much for that suggestion. Yeah, That'll you be can have like a shared, a shared byline. <laughs> Never thought of it. Never thought that I could possibly. Amazing. Yeah. Great. Wow. Well, and you didn't get the same helpful suggestion from any women. No, 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 not at all. No, two men and no women. I think the women might have um, read the back cover where it says not just about how couples meet, but how they (laughs) stay in love. (laughs) (laughs) What about the other one? No, that was was that? Two men. It was two men with the same Same, suggestion. They had the same point. The same splain. Wow. Yeah. Splain brothers. So I was ready for the second one. I was ready for him. (laughs) Oh, that's extraordinary. I had my own interesting afternoon. I spent a day out uh, with Matt, actually, who's here producing this here podcast, at a prestigious, uh, rich school in Auckland. (laughs) And towards the end of the day, I had been talking sort of about writing and opinion writing. None of it had been sort of explicitly feminist, because uh, it was mostly boys No, I mean, not, not because it was mostly boys Just because that wasn't the focus But because I had my writing up on screen And, I, you know, just the nature of the stuff that I've done It was between the lines And it took till the last session For a boy to put his hand up Nothing to do with anything I had talked about You know, I spent an hour talking about opinion writing And how to get, you know, what to do uh, How to get into these sorts of jobs, whatever And he just put his hand up and he said Excuse me do you think women and men have de facto equality in New Zealand? De facto equality, nowhere. did you say? Yeah, and I was like, I don't know, what does that mean, fancy boy? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, why do you need to chuck in that weird Latin bit there? Like, anyway. <laughs> I, he just meant equality, like, yeah, equality in reality, I guess. And I said, oh, uh, no, thank you for your question. <laughs> and, then, and then he sort of went... Well, why do you think that? And I did the deep breath and I went, okay, this is the thing. This is the time. This is the moment where these things happen. And I just said, I thought, okay, numbers, 
I went, we had just done uh, a video for International Women's Day and I was like, well, because the gender pay gap won't be closed for 200 years in New Zealand, uh, if you look at our sexual violence, domestic violence statistics and how they, you know, uh, they uh, are not great for women and just the general sexism and the fact that we live in a patriarchy. And then I went, whew, okay. I feel like that was all right. Like, I was quite yeah. happy with yeah, myself. Yeah, good. Also, I'm talking to a teen here and I'm like already freaking myself out in my head. And then he just went, yeah, but the gender pay gap isn't real. <laughs> and wow. And I was like, oh, no. <sighs> and then this, everyone in the class was sort of like, ooh, like doing this big. The spectre it was like of his father just I know. behind yeah. him. Yeah. All My dad said, flowing through his progeny. <laughs> a CEO saying, do you want a job, son? Yeah. <laughs> My dad's 12% bigger than your dad. Wow. And then I just sort of went blah and started spewing about, he said, women don't want to do STEM subjects and those are the ones that are higher what? paid. And I was like, blah. And then some of the young, to the credit of a classroom, the young women in the room were just like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> But I just sort of had a freak out. And then I was like, I need to make really sure that I'm not yelling at a child yeah. Yeah. right now. Yeah. But I was also like very angry and very yeah. stressed. So I just sort of left it. The, the session kind of ended incredibly awkwardly. <laughs> you you could of... begin the sentence with, okay, tell your dad that. Yeah. I bet That's he's the kind of kid good. who gets a lot of shut up Tarquin around the, around the playground. <laughs> Shut up, Tarquin. Yeah. <laughs> Tarquin. Anyway, so that was my like extended mansplain moment. That's it good. was just it was just odd. It's one of those situations. You did you good. Hate. I reckon you did good. Um I, I had a good one on Twitter mm-hmm. uh around the witch hunt uh time. Yeah. Um from uh Act member Robin Greve, I believe his name is, not mm-hmm. to be confused with our editor <laughs> managing editor Duncan Greve's middle child. Um who was having a very good time on Twitter explaining to people what witch hunts were. And it was very entertaining because he replied to every (laughs) single response to his wacky-ass tweets. But essentially, I'll just read this one. Um, A lot of witch hunting was done by women. In fact, as much, if not more than men. It was a targeting of certain types, but certainly was not targeting women. So his take was that the witch hunts, that the actual, like the Salem witch trials and whatnot and the ones that went on across the, the UK were not targeting women. They were targeting witches, was his uh, original tweet. Does he not know that witches aren't real? He had the most circular logic <laughs> I have ever seen in my life in response to that. So please do find him on um, Twitter, at Robin B. Greaves. <laughs> For just the laugh of your life, <laughs> watching him defend the uh, thesis that witches are real and the witch hunts did not target women. But they're not real. No. But they're not real. But the, they but were looking for witches. They were looking for real. witches which aren't yeah. real. Yeah. So no one was hurt, apart from those women that were And a lot of the witch hunting was done by women. Yeah, of course. More women than more, men. Much, way mm. more. Heaps more. But they weren't hunting women. It was, it was very entertaining. <laughs> oh, I love it. He sounds fun. Yeah, he Should was. we end with... What I what I called earlier, Joy Alley. Mm. Yeah, we had a lot of doom and gloom on this pod, but I think it's time to celebrate with Michelle's book, How We Met. Uh, I well, it came out yesterday, right, or the day before, so I haven't had time to finish it. Let's say, but God, me heart, me heart is full we from the first even twenty pages. I think that I managed to manage to tuck away. 
Oh, that's really lovely. You um, did a really great summary in your little speech that you did at the book launch mm. last night of the, some of the sort of types of stories involved, starting yeah. with one love story that started with a woman falling down a hole in a kebab shop. Yeah, <laughs> what yeah. What were some of the other... Uh, there was a woman who was in Antarctica and um, they had a fake wedding one night because there's not a lot to do in Antarctica. You make your own fun <laughs> in the Arctic circles, I think you'll find. And so um, they held a fake wed- wedding and uh, she ended up, after the kiss, ended up uh, marrying for real the dude that she was in the Aww. fake wedding with. Um, who else? Oh, there was a woman who fell in love at first sight with a man who she saw surround. He was covered in blood and surrounded by the carcasses of over 100 dead pheasants. And she went, you're the dude That's for the me. There's a man that can provide. You're the one I want. <laughs> do, do, do. Um, what else? Uh, there was a couple who... First held hands. Here's a photograph of them holding hands in a sandpit when they were four and they moved. They started dating when they were 17, 16, moved in together when they were 17, got married when they were 19. They've been together 40 years and they've got four kids. Wow. It's amazing. Um, What else? There was a couple that were there who spoke who had, what, 27 years of misconnections with each other? Yes, so they grew up in neighbouring suburbs and didn't meet and then she hung out at a cafe that his brother owned and he worked at... They didn't meet. They both ended up in London working on the same street in Soho. They didn't meet... Um, her boss at the publishing house in London said, I've met the perfect man for you. I'm setting you up on a blind date. She said she didn't want to go. The guy was Patrick, this guy. Um, so they didn't meet then. They came home. She started going out with his flatmate. So they met, but they didn't work out what was going on. And then finally, um, he there was a near-death experience out uh, on the on the coast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, she, he made her a mixtape. And they got together and they've been together 20, 30 years. They've got three kids. Yeah. Amazing. So it was a really complicated. I mean, some of them are so simple and some of them are really complicated. Yeah. It's so nice. I think the woman in that story was saying, um, because there's not a lot of nice things around at the moment. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Yeah. That's it. And, you know, the um, men were so keen to tell me these stories. And I I know men are feeling really frightened and got it and all of those things so mm. these stories that and half of them were brought to me by men who wanted to tell me how tell us all how proud they are of their relationships and their their partners and there's you know gay and straight and um and in, in the book as well so yes um anybody going men don't know how to, we don't know how we're supposed to talk to ladies anymore it's terrible <laughs> oh bullshit you do so you know exactly how to talk to women mm. look at you nice are there any stories in there about friend of a friend got drunk, hooked up, and then never left? <laughs> <laughs> there's um, the, yeah, there's one where a couple they were camping by the Murray River in Australia. They'd only just met that day, and they went off and had dirty sex in the shower block while her boyfriend was asleep in the tent. <gasps> And they ended up getting married. Oh, my God. Mm. So my thing when I saw that, when you told us that you had done a story uh, on this, I was amazed that there are enough stories to fill a book because I just thought Kiwis... Make out at parties. Yeah. Wake up in the or, morning. Yeah, wake up in the morning and you're in a relationship. Because yeah. Because that is literally how all of my friends ended up in relationships. Yeah, yeah. 
No, there's not- no meet cute. There's just uh, he looked alright. We made out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or we had sex, and then um, neither of us called it off. I think that's really common. I yeah. don't think that's really common. So, but you know, these are all self-selecting because I put, did a shout out going, "Have you got a great story?" And all these people, <laughs> yeah. Went, oh, "Yeah, we have." And I went, "Yes, you have." Yeah. And occasionally, me hope. <laughs> occasionally people would get in touch and go, "Here's my story," and I go, mm, "Yeah." So they're not. In the <laughs> yeah. Fuck them. Did you consider though writing about? Why they stayed together? It hadn't occurred to me. <laughs> and it's amazing because, you know, I spent two years on it and I just didn't think any further. <laughs> Such a good spine. All right. What about a quick quick round of Watch Club or anything else we've been reading? Can I just watching? say Jessica Jones, Jessica Jones, Jessica, Jessica Jones. Jones. Just finished it. Just finished oh, the series. Good. I want to dive into that. Directed by only women, only women. There's, a, there's an, a sex scene in it that you can tell. It's written at, and filmed by a woman because all there are three sex workers and one of the characters and there are four human beings in the room there's not a person and three objects right you can fucking see it on screen right interesting interesting i like the sound of that um i i have been watching and just lolling my brains out um at (laughs) New Netflix um, baking show nailed it. <laughs> it was mine as well. <laughs> Sorry, Alex. Alex and I have <laughs> talked about this at length this week. It's, um, you know, the sort of the, the, the meme nailed it where people uh, fail horribly at recreating um, cool looking baking. So they made a whole TV show out of getting like ordinary home bakers, not the fancy kind, just like you or I, we kind <laughs> of like to make a cake every now and again. Um, to try and recreate these really ambitious <laughs> pastries and cakes. And they give them like half an hour. Yeah. Like, it is, <laughs> and the, the results are so disastrous, but like they also choose the contestants. Like they just get the the best, zaniest, most extroverted people on the show. So yeah. they fail spectacularly. And I just, they, they had to recreate these, um, this, uh, these replicas of Donald Trump cakes. And... <laughs> But you know the original's <laughs> grotesque, but when you see what these people do to their cakes trying to make them look like, I just laughed. Like, I belly laughed and cried. Oh, it's great. It's, it's the funniest. really funny. Great host. The Trump cake uh, made by, I think, Kimberly, the third reveal, is, <laughs> I actually think, top five, the funniest thing I will ever see <laughs> in my whole life. Have to so say I feel it. quite confident saying that. Even thinking about it, I just feel sick. It's just too funny. And are they comfortable <laughs> with their failure? Is there, yeah, they have yeah. humour? Uh, yeah, good. It's, it's hosted by Nicole Byer, who's amazing. I've, I've never, I'd never heard of her before this show. Yeah, she's very funny. She might actually be my yas queen because she's just has such an amazing, joyful energy. Yeah. It's just the perfect show to me. Yeah. Like, there's no malice in it. Everyone, and also, you win ten thousand dollars at the end of the episode, yeah. which is pretty good. Yeah, for making Awful a nightmarish either. Trump cake. The woman in the Trump, I think, round the first challenge, she forgot to put flour in her cake. <laughs> <laughs> and then went, oh shit! And then took the, the wet stuff out of the oven and put some flour in it. She won. <laughs> she won ten thousand dollars. <laughs> Yeah. Where do I sign up? That's mine. Oh, now it's mine. It. Nicole Byers, okay. my Yasmin. Yeah. What have you guys got for the queens? Um, my queens, um, queens plural, um, are all the amazing young women involved in uh, March for Our Lives, mm. um, the nationwide school walkout against um, gun America's gun laws. Um, Emma Gonzalez, who's like the really cool 
um, young woman with the shaved head who has done a lot of the um, front end of the public stuff, um, Nia Arrington, who uh, led one of the protests. And then also, massive props, one of the... Um, girls uh, she was she's a parkland survivor so still has actual shrapnel inside of her um got up at the match for our lives um to read a poem that she'd written and she threw up i, I don't know if she's on painkillers or she was just nervous um but she threw up um in front of thousands and thousands of people and then she just kept going and then she tweeted um l- later about how awesome it was that she threw up on live television in front of <laughs> millions of people so oh, i thought that so was really good. cool so um yeah my yas queens all of those amazing young all the young people but those are some of the girls that stood out to me yeah yes, fantastic queens. i got two uh charlie jane anders and harry josephine giles who i met at the writers and readers festival in wellington and both of them performed at the women changing the world opening gala and i just had this really lovely moment where you're looking down the at the curtain core of that show you're looking down the row at beautiful people like um selena tusitala marsh and renee the writer who's been writing for well she's 88 now she started writing late ish but she's Still producing beautiful, fine work. And then you see a trans woman and a non-binary person in the lineup, and you go, fuck, that's what feminism looks like. That's mm. that's exactly what this kind of show should look like. And, uh, yeah, so, and they were both, also, as it happens, the loveliest people. I had a fantastic time with both of them at the festival club. So, um Yeah, so Charlie Jane Anders, who writes fantasy novels, and Harry Josephine Giles, who's a, a poet. Check them out. Yes, Queens. Yes, Queens. And we're at the end of the pod. The biggest Yas Queens of all, the Women's Bookshop. Yay! Yes. Carol. 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 supporting us. Please do what you can to support them. If there's any books you want to buy, just, just buy them from our, buy local, them there. our local mates uh, because they support us. And check out our Facebook page to win a copy of How We Met. We'll make it really easy for you. Like, um, tell me, just give me suggestions on the book I should have written. Yeah, Maybe tell us what Michelle should have yeah, done. Michelle's taking feedback now. That's really great, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there'll be like seven new editions of How We Met coming soon. That will be exactly the same co-written by brian (laughs) 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 all right thank you so much mad for recording this in this desperate heat thanks mad thanks everyone for getting to the end we'll see you next month Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. Kia ora e te iwi, te Aihe Butler here, podcast manager at The Spin-Off. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a Spin-Off member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.